Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Tom Fertle with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis and only Tom DeAngelis. So it's the few and <laughs> the proud right. now today, Tom. Yeah. How are we doing? Good. We're doing fine. Thanks. Excellent. Very good. Uh, we'll have our reading in a moment. We're going to look at the uh, sixth chapter of John. But uh, before we begin, have a moment of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to be in our midst to help guide our, our deliberations and guide our, our discussions here today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of your word. We ask, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with us, with all of our listeners, to guide our steps, guide our actions, guide our thoughts. Let all of our works, our deliberations be of you, be with you, be through you, that we may cling to you steadfast, knowing that you will never lead us astray, knowing that our strength, our courage, our very being relies solely in your care, that you would not leave your children unattended and lead them to harm. We ask for faithfulness to rely on you in all that we are and all that we do. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mind giving us our gospel reading here this morning, okay. Mr. Okay. And the gospel is again from John chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Sixth chapter of John, of course, a pivotal chapter in our life as, as, as Catholics. We have the institution of the Eucharist, Jesus telling us to receive his body and blood. And, the, of course, the, the, it's not lost on us that just like uh, at the time of the Jews, there was quarreling. <laughs> yeah. How can this be? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes today, of course, we, we still have discussion. This is a, a scripture passage of, of, of debate in, in Christianity. Um, and, of course, as we gather for these radio shows, it's, it's, we always say that we're not into a scripture study. It's what, what, what's, what's the message for us? And so mm-hmm. we don't go too much into trying to pull the scripture apart as much as letting it permeate who we are. And, and 
and I think that I think it's, of course this one does both. Um, but it is interesting to see that part about quarreling. How many times in Scripture do we see people quarreling, having debate, um, having being at odds over a teaching? It doesn't happen a whole a whole lot uh, in Scripture. And I think um, you know one thing that always strikes me is that you know our Lord. I think um, Scripture is pretty uh, clear on on Him wanting unity in the body of Christ. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't have that. And sometimes we who attempt to live the faith and and, and, and spread the faith and, and spread the gospel sometimes are the ones who uh, cause division, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in our because of our beliefs and because of some uh, some of our ideas. I think it's important to uh, to step back for each one of us to to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and to and to engage with people and not to not to be afraid to engage. I think I've always, you know, Tom, in my life when two or more brothers or sisters in Christ can sit down around a table with love, with a shared faith in Jesus, there's nothing to fear from that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the call for us. Yeah. You know, true ecumenism is recognizing you're a follower of Christ, and so am I, and we have areas that we can agree, and we can explore the, the depths of what God has given to us together, and not in a not mm-hmm. not being at odds with one another. Yeah. I do think too. I know my own experiences with people, particularly people, you know, of of other faith traditions who, who are Christian, and we, you know, we will share, you know, our thoughts about passages like this. And it's you know, been over the years. Um, it I think is important to recognize that you know our our church, that you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church has been very clear about our about our theology in this. But there are parts of it that I think people don't really thoughtfully consider because when we look at what the doctrine says, you know, the doctrine of transubstantiation. Okay, so we have the Eucharist. We have the body and blood of Christ in substance. But there is a symbolic element to it, you know. So we have to acknowledge that. I mean, it is not flesh dripping with blood and is not actual blood. There is a symbolic element here. We believe substantially you know the the underlying spiritual reality of that sacrament of that consecrated bread and wine is the person of Christ in in reality but you don't get to that you know you don't you don't get people who don't get that yet to that by beating them over the head with it you know you acknowledge the fact that yeah there is a symbolic element to this because because the other thing is and I think Scott Hahn does such a beautiful job of this with the with the fourth cup of Showing how intimately this sacrifice of the of the mass and the Eucharist and the bread and wine is so intimately connected to Calvary and to the sacrifice on Calvary. That's where the real flesh and real blood of the person, the body of Jesus, was shed, and this is what connects us. Now, is it substantially Christ in the Eucharist? Yeah. I mean, is he not the second person of the Blessed Trinity? Is he not God? Did he not rise from the dead? Did he not raise other people from the dead, walk on water, multiply loaves and fishes, do all that stuff? Yeah, well, then he could do that if he wanted to, <laughs> right, right? 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 But you're not going to get somebody who doesn't get that or or buy it. Maybe they get it and they don't buy it, you know? by beating them over the head with it, but just keep repeating it over and over again. It's like, well, where do we have common ground? Where do we, where does this make sense to you? And where doesn't it make sense? And there's sometimes there's a point where you go, you, you go with somebody and they say, I can't go any further. And you say, that's where we are right now, you know? And maybe they go further, maybe they don't. And at some point, 
you know, it it's it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But I think that's the most important thing is for us to reflect on and spend some time looking at the reality that our church presents to us and say, you know, if I keep doing it this way and I keep getting the same response over and over again from people, like they don't get it or they don't buy it, then maybe I I need to look at a different you know, it's that old saying about the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, you know? If if it doesn't work, if that doesn't help somebody, find something that does help. You right, know? And right. I think that's, you know, that's more a, maybe a more wordy way of saying what you said. But it is sit down and let's just talk about it. let's. Where do you, what do you know? What do I know? Where do we have common ground? And where do we differ? And why? And why do we differ? What's the substance of our differences? You know? Sure. And you know, and it's, it struck me as you're talking. You know, it's it's very easy, of course, understandably, to as we look at, you know, this chapter of John to talk about, you know, the 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 differences in Christianity, you know, uh, and how mm-hmm. we disagree, you know, Catholics and, and and you know, mainline Protestant, Orthodox, and have different points of view. And yet, to me, this always gave me some insight, or it, it always pushed me to talk about any teaching. You know, within our own house of, of Catholicism, for example, yeah. you know, are there teachings that cause us to murmur? You know, are there teachings oh, yeah. that cause us amongst <laughs> our point, in, within yeah. our own within yeah. any denomination? Yeah. You're going to have teachings even from within that cause those to murmur. And so again, what is what is the message here? We could, I mean, talk about right sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, contraception, abortion, even the death penalty. There's a million, or I say, a multitude of different teachings that cause people to murmur. And I think you know, as as I've grown in, as I've grown up and, and grown in my faith, I don't think murmuring is a bad thing uh, as long as murmuring is means questioning, mm-hmm. you know, um, to question our faith, to question some beliefs to, uh, is not a bad thing if it leads us to seek understanding. I mm-hmm. think it's when we shut down or shut off, you know, right. and in some of these things I mentioned, some of these difficult, these more difficult um uh, not not theological difficulties, but some of the moral issues become more difficult for people to uh, uh, to, to accept teaching wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that you have to you have to seek the knowledge, find out why. You know, um, it's easy to reject. You know, well, I mean, let's take just take a real. You know, again, some would say controversial contraception. Well, that, that's that's a hot button issue. We don't talk yeah. about that. We, no. What do we what do we believe and why do we believe it? Mm-hmm. And and what's on the other side of that? What's the beauty of the teaching? We have so many like right. uh, I think Christopher West comes to mind, you know, yeah. one of our friends of the ministry that'll be here. Here's the plug for our fall conference coming up uh, September uh, 19th and 20th at the Star Barn Village here, Elizabethtown. Uh, look, go to stewardshipmission.org for information. But, you know, Christopher West is, is very big on um, showing us the beauty of God's plan and the beauty of properly ordered sexuality and the beauty of, of, of marriage and the gift of sexuality, not in terms of, you know, thou shall not, don't, don't, don't. But the 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 beautiful divine design that God has for us and for humanity and how sexuality is is intricately woven within that. And so when we seek to understand and delve into those things like theology of the body, then we understand it's it's not about some arbitrary teaching, mm-hmm. but there's a wisdom and there's a beauty here. Um, and 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 so how do we respond? You know, if you as this as this chapter continues, you know, we see we see the Jews walking away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I think it goes on to talk about the disciples, where some of the disciples, I mean, people who actually were following Jesus, also turn away. When do we see that in Scripture where his followers run away? Well, 
at the cross would be the next time. <laughs> yeah. but, and then I always, I always imagine, you know, as the passage goes on, he turns to the apostles and I always like vision them, you know, they're back, they're hanging out, they're seeing the Jews walk away and murmur and they're seeing the disciples walk away with the 12, they're hanging tough. And he turns to them and says, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to go away too? And of course, what usually happens, I think, you know, one of them pushes Peter forward, (laughs) you know, he stumbles forward. But Peter does not say, oh, Lord, oh, I get it. Through transubstantiation, you you know, he doesn't give a theological dissertation. What does he say? To whom shall we Where go? We go? Right, you right. have, we've come to believe that you are the Messiah. You have the words of eternal life. And not just for the Eucharist, but I think for all teachings um, that we struggle with. What a beautiful message. Mm-hmm. If I believe, as you said so eloquently, Tom, in the God who can create something out of nothing and, yeah. and calm the water, that, that there's, there's, there's divinity here. There's a beautiful design. And sometimes our response is just, I'm going to take you on your word because you said this is proper and this yeah. is right. And so those difficult teachings, I'm going to plumb the depths and seek understanding and trust that your divine way is better than my earthly way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, we talk a lot about faith and we, we apply it in a lot of different situations. But I think one of the one of the best definitions, I remember all the way back when I was in college, I did a report on St. Anselm and his one of his key philosophical teachings was great. One of the great early philosophers, of our church was that uh, we don't believe uh, we don't um, see and then have faith. We have faith and then we come to see. You know, and and I know that's happened with me several. Th- I mean, I was you know coming out of the you know out of the '60s and into the '70s when I was in college. You know, I was I thought contraception was okay. I, I thought like the majority of other people was. Look, we have a we have a artificial means now where people can control their fertility, and you know, it's, it's, and I thought well that's a good thing. Well, but one of the things I discovered was that you know I had taken positions against the Catholic Church over the over time. Time, with a lot of things, it became clear to me that if I just held it for a little while and thought about it and reflected on it, eventually the truth of the matter came through. And it's the same thing with the bread of life, you know. But I think faith isn't just a matter of, well, I hear it and I believe it. It's a matter of saying, look, I don't kind of get it just yet, but I believe anyway because you're a trustworthy person. You know, you're, you're a trustworthy God, and I believe that it was a – you're a trustworthy church, as I believe in the things that you teach, even the things I don't get or I don't understand or I maybe don't agree with just yet, I believe I'm going to continue to practice those things, preach those things, teach those things, and eventually I will live into, and that's that's the substance of what St. Anselm said, the, more, the longer you believe and the more you trust in God, eventually you will be able to see because you experience the fruits of faith. The fruit of faith is eventually, for example, you believe in the in the in the blessed sacrament. You believe in Jesus being present in the blessed sacrament. You sit in front of the Eucharist, and even for me today, I have a very deep conviction and faith in that. And I've experienced Jesus. But when I first walk in, it's not sparks. You know, it will grow over a period of even in, over the time, the hour or whatever time I have to spend there. It grows over that period of time, and also where I am now in my faith. In you know, in 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 being, you know, coming to a close relationship with Jesus in front of the Blessed Sacrament is not where I was a year ago, 10 years ago, you know, 20 years ago. I I believed, but now I have a deeper experience of it. And again, that's that's the essence of what St. Anselm says, is like you believe and then you come to see. 
then you, it grows. You say, ah, okay, now I get it. There was a point where I had an aha about contraception. It's like, oh, oh now I get it. <clears throat> yeah. Con- contraception works against a critical part of being able to give yourself totally to the other person, but we're holding something back. And so what we're saying, and Christopher West says this, is we're doing one thing, but we're saying something else with what right. we're saying. You know, right. and so it's like I had a friend that used to do. He used to wave with one hand toward you and and put his hand up to stop with the other hand. It's like, on the one hand you're saying yes, 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 I love you. On the other hand you're saying whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's a piece here I, I just can't park yeah. with. You know, yeah. like I don't. I'm not sure I really want to have a, a kid with you. You know, so it, I, it's just that that whole thing. And you, but you find that out, and all of a sudden it like makes sense in a way that's almost difficult to explain to anybody else but all of a sudden it's like mm, I get it I right. get it and now I I don't just believe it because I you know I repeat it to myself over and over again. I believe it because it's sunk it's gone from my head to my heart right. you know, now right. it's there right yes I give myself to you well mostly you know yeah. <laughs> but I have yeah. to protect myself from you it's not yeah, it's a... usually protect yourself from bad things you know not right. from a spouse but no I think you're you're so right Tom it's, it's I always call it like again, working with with young people most of my life you know it, you know you you learn about baseball by getting in the game you know not by standing on the sidelines and trying to figure you you get on the field and then as you said then things make sense and i've I've always counseled you know people when it comes to a difficult teaching you know you go with it we have we have you know an obligation for obedience Mm -hmm. but you know but but you know work yes work to wrap your head around it but also to wrap your heart around it you know Mm -hmm. and and again that contraception issue again something that you know in my my wife and i you know went down different roads and as we arrived at at the end and fully embracing theology of the body then of course you do have that moment where you recognize the beauty and then i think it's important for us again uh, to share that with one another, to share with other mm-hmm. people. As we then we worked with other couples, and we you know we just uh, teaching you know natural family planning, to see the beauty of it, and 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 to be that witness to say you know what we thought this was a better way, but now that we fully embrace and have lived, you know this other way, we can tell you the benefit that comes out of it, the mm-hmm. beauty that comes out of it, the appreciation we have for the gift of each other that comes out of it, right. the appreciate that the appreciation for the gift of sexuality that we didn't have before because mm-hmm. when we saw it as just a thing or something you know that has you know has some biological implications that we're going to work around right. you know you're missing the good stuff you know right. i always say so many times in our in our lives especially in our moral lives you know there's a banquet waiting for us, but yeah. we're we're stuck on the appetizers, or we're stuck right. on the sometimes the scraps, yeah. you know. And we think yeah. the scraps are great, and there's a feast waiting for us, but we are we get caught up, you know, because we're so hungry or so starving to beat yeah. the analogy to a horse, the dead horse here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we 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 settle for the the scraps or the leftovers um, when we could be feasting, and and mm-hmm. you know, I have found in my life that. God has the feast prepared for us in so many parts of our lives, right. and we have to stop to, to say, am I am I getting just a, a taste? Am I getting the scraps, or is there something bigger and better? Yeah. And if we pause and embrace the teachings and explore them and plumb the depths and and try to get the heart and the head wrapped around them, um, we find that God's way definitely uh, is, is much better than what we, we can kind of concoct on our own. Yeah. It's definitely been my experience. Well, and, and you brought something up a little earlier that I think is really a key because we've, we've lost a lot of, I mean, there was a time growing up in my life where it was the discipline of, you know, it was just, just follow the rules, you know, mm-hmm. just do the right thing and you'll sleep better. You know, there was some of, but one thing I think we've come to appreciate now is, for example, you were talking about the, the beauty, you know, understanding the beauty of human sexuality. When you really understand 
you know, God's will for how it was designed, all the way back to, you know, the the whole concept of theology about it, all the way back to male and female, he created them and, you know, and be fruitful and multiply. And then, you know, what God has joined together, he shouldn't, I mean, all those early, you know, fundamental concepts and you live into those things over a period of time. Well, one of the things that I don't think we've grasped and I know Bill Donahue at the Theology of the Body Conference, when I went to, to out there and listened to him talk, he said, one of the things we don't do a good job job of in the church is looking at the alternative, which people see as beautiful. You know, the diversity of genders and the, the uh, diversity of lifestyles and the ability for males and males and females, all this stuff. It's just People see that and they say, it's beautiful. You know, the rainbow of colors and all this stuff. But if you if you take another thing and say, well, okay, that's that beautiful to you, and look at the you know look at the social implications over time. But look at this. Have you ever seen the beauty of this? You know, and over time, especially the people who hold to it and aren't exactly sure why they hold to it, or maybe are kind of lukewarm and they're in the middle. You know, they're kind of the people that don't go to mass every Sunday and they just kind of show up. But they they always log in as Catholics. You know, the seventy percent that that's Catholic, but but we never see. And you say, well, if they understood the beauty, and so in reference to if they understood the beauty of the Eucharist, if they saw people who got wrapped, you know, attention with the Eucharist and who really benefited from it and really saw it coming out of their life and saw it in the world and saw those of us who, you know, who who fall in love with you know with the Eucharist and with Christ in the Eucharist. And then we were living that and we were sharing that at some point, they're going to look at it and say, maybe I should look at this other alternative, you know, because I'll tell you this thing over here is very confusing. It's very difficult. It leads to kind of a disordered social environment. It creates things. This might be a little bit better option here. Maybe going to mass every week might might be a good thing. Maybe because look at that guy. I mean, look at the, look at that gal. Look look at their you know look at their life. Look at the sacrifices they make and the willingness they have. So to the extent that we live that, or well, first of all, find it in our own life. Find the beauty of what it is. Like I I often sit in front of the Eucharist and say, "Was it about this?" You know, I challenge myself. What is it about this that makes it so special for me? You know. It is special, but I don't often dig deeply enough to say, how would I share this with somebody else? Like, this is a, this is a powerful experience for me, but how would I share this with my kids, with my spouse, with my, my, you know, my good friends, the people that I feel comfortable talking to this, let alone, you know, people in my parish, you know, people I know who don't go to Mass every week, you know? So you, you really hit on something with that beauty because people see things in the world that the culture tells them, you know, and, and media tells them is these are beautiful things. These are, these are beautiful values, you know, equality and de- democracy and freedom and, you know, the, the, anything that smacks of rules or compulsion is, is bad, bad, evil. Right. But then you look at it and you say, but, you know, the best things, the highest things in life are always the things that you look at and you say – if I had this, why would I want anything else? So all of the second best things you start looking at, you're saying, you know, that's not a great lifestyle. If I could have this, could I have a beautiful, harmonious marriage that I can find ways to make sacrifices in? Why would I want that? Right. You know, right, right. and that's we miss that oftentimes. And that's not going to work for everybody. But we're not even like a lot of us who are good Catholics aren't even working that, you know, we don't even know to do that. (laughs) So it's not going to happen by accident, but we're not even doing the thing that that has a chance. You know, it's not foolproof, but 
we're not if you don't do the thing that has a probability of success, any probability, it's not going to happen again. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, well said. I mean, we there's no doubt that that's one one of the commonalities of all people is that we seek beauty, we seek goodness, we seek yeah. you know acceptance. It's just. Right. What what do we choose? You know, to, to we we seek fulfillment. What do we choose to fill ourselves with? Right. And in our culture, especially, I, th- I think our culture of immediacy. You know, we seek that which is easy, that's shiny, that's right in front of us. I mean, I was just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was wrote down here as you're talking. I mean, you know, our our banking compare banking today to when it was when we were kids. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, our kids don't know what it's like to go to the to the, actually go go to the bank and go oh, inside yeah. and to or go uh, at a busy uh, time and wait in line. Right, and balance a checkbook. You know, manually, um, yeah. and that's that's oh, a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's just you know, but but our, we are a culture of immediacy. Food, you know, we fast food, faster food, microwave right. food. You know, it's 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 we want things now. You know, weight loss. I want to lose weight without any effort. I want I want a pill or one device I can do for thirty seconds a day and and be ripped. You know, right. no, it doesn't work that <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, money. I want to be rich now. I get out of college. I want to have a, I make hundred k now. My first year out of college. You yeah. know, and and when I buy things now, don't get me wrong. I I love going online. I love shopping on Amazon. I love that I can buy something in two days later, whatever I want. It's at my doorstep. Sure, I mean, yeah. these are not bad things, but those things have, have affected us in that they've wired us for immediacy. They, mm-hmm. They've wired us for the instant gratification and the and kind of the shortcut. And so many times when it comes to that, uh, uh, you know, our, our faith life, we, we want a shortcut. We want something simple. Or in our, in our, uh, our quest for fulfillment um, in life, we want something now. And, and realize that these things take work. True fitness takes dedication and discipline and right. work. Um, uh, financial uh, uh, stability takes dedication, hard decisions, and work. You know, right. all of these things. A good gourmet or home-cooked meal, right? It, you're not going to get it out of a box. It takes work. <laughs> and actually buying vegetables and cutting, the, you know, everything that's yeah. good takes some work. And again, I always say in our faith life, it's no different. Um there's a good thing out there. It's it's our our heavenly Father who seeks that intimate relationship, that communion with His children that comes to us by that personal relationship with His Son Jesus Christ. It's what we were wired for. It's what we're made for to be in communion, to be part of that holy family, a cherished, valuable, unique creation of an all-powerful and all-loving God who has the banquet in store for us. And so as we go about our days, it's to, to be able to discern, to not settle for the scrap, to not settle for what's left over in the garbage can when our Father has a feast before us. So pause when it comes to any teaching, any difficulty, anything that comes from Scripture, and, and, and meditate and reflect and pray for guidance. The best thing you can do with a difficult teaching, rather than murmur, I think is to study and pray and let it penetrate both the head and the heart. It's our obligations as disciples. So go, pick up your cross, follow faithfully, and the Lord will not lead you astray. Thank you all. Have a great week. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, 
please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.